Welcome to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. How y'all doing today? I'm feeling good. I hope you are too. So, we're just going to get right to it. We're just going to get right to it. This is another Time Machine episode. Uh, so, we, we are in the Twilight Zone or whatever that means to you. Back to the future. You know, I know some people equate time travel with that. Rick and Morty. Whatever is your tea. We're going back in time today. Um, but first, we're going to stay in the current time of uh, November uh, 2021. How about this? The big news this weekend. Funny car uh, champion Ron Caps departs Don Schumacher Racing. Guys, that was big news. I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, but that's why Silly Season. That's why we watch. That's that's why we're here. Uh and that's why I'm here to tell you guys about it. Because um, you might not know it if you don't it, listen otherwise. <laughs> um, so the details of this is gonna are going to be shared at the PRI show in December. So that's in a few weeks. Um, yeah, this news broke on the 21st of November. Uh, it's currently the 23rd uh, when I'm recording this. Uh, but we need to look at some of this we can't just say that and just gloss over it uh, let's look at some of the things he said this was broke by competition plus gotta love competition plus uh that's the nhra shade room okay and a few of you guys will know what that is some of you won't my people know <laughs> uh, but they, they always get the breaking news They always get it like first Even sometimes before NHRA has it uh, Comp Plus has it on their site uh, So I always That's a frequent click uh, For me So Let's talk about Ron Caps leaving D DSR This is what Ron said He said yesterday was my last day at Don Schumacher Racing it's been an incredible 17 years, Cap said. I went there to join my buddy Selzy, Gary Selzy, the champion Gary Selzy, and have had the best uh, teammates and sponsors throughout the years I could ask for. We, he's driven for Brute. He's driven for Skull. But that was with Snake when he was driving with Skull. Uh, but anyway, he's driven uh, the Brute Dodge. He's been in the Napa Colors a long time. Uh, so we, we'll have to see what sponsors are going with him, uh, who on the team is going with him. Uh, we, we just have to we have to see. Uh, so Caps goes on. There's uh, there are a lot of NHRA Wileys scattered throughout the house, and we've raised a lot of NHRA championship banners up in the DSR shop. Uh, so that 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 shop has definitely got a lot of championships that have come out of it, especially over the last 17 years. Um, Ron ends with, thank you everyone at DSR for an incredible ride. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a time of transition. And I think we've all known that for Don Schumacher. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, is he, is he okay? Is he doing all right? Uh, that's his business. Okay. Uh, and that's the one thing about f fan being a fan of something let those people live. We can idolize them, and yeah, but they're they're living a life just like we are. We ain't got people all in our business, and we wouldn't like it. So we gotta, you know, we gotta give them their space. Uh, we don't know if he's sick. He, we, we're not gonna speculate or do anything like that until they say something. Um, there's just been a lot of changes uh, that, for from what I heard, 
uh, on a specific resource that Don Schumacher actually approached Tony Stewart in 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 purchasing the team. Uh, I'm again, I'm not true. I'm not certain on how true that is, uh, but I saw it, so I, I'm going to talk about it. Um, you know, he's going to have at least one top fuel car next year uh, with his son Tony Schumacher coming, the eight-time top fuel champ. Uh, so we just really have to sit around and wait. We have to see what they're going to do. Um, but that was definitely something that wasn't expected. You know, a lot of people are throwing up in the air. Oh, what if he teams up with Antron and they do it? You know, he's in the Toyota body. You know, that, that would be cool. That would be cool. We all know how I feel about the Supra. <laughs> That's a nice looking funny car. So, you know, see, see the champ, uh, you know, wearing that, that would be cool. Uh, something else that has been out there. Again, none of this is true. Let me just say that. None of this is true, but we're having a conversation. We're just talking about it. How about Ron Caps joining John Force Racing? What? <laughs> That's almost as crazy as the one uh, about Ro uh, Robert Height leaving John Force Racing to start his own team. So it's like... The Alan Johnson thing with, with Kalita Motorsports started as a rumor, and that turned out to be true. Uh, so you just kind of have to take these rumors with a grain of salt. But what isn't a rumor is that Don Schumacher and Ron Capps um, are no longer working together. Not, and not to say that, I'll say that like this. They're not working together professionally when it concerns Don being Ron's boss. Now it's uh, you know, they they could still be doing what the Antron team is doing. Uh, they're renting the space in the uh, Schumacher warehouse for it. Uh, Schumacher could also be wanting to focus more on his business. Uh, you know, Schumacher Electric. So we don't know. So we have to sit around. We have to wait. That's the thing about silly season. Some of the things that come out are silly, uh, and some of them are just you know, it's just. Another reason it's called silly season because there's just a lot of moving parts happening right now. You know, uh, team shifting, changing, getting better, you know. So we'll see. We'll see about that. So today, again, like I said, we're in the time machine again. And we're going to go back to one of my favorite races of the season uh, from Atlanta Dragway. Uh, the Lucas Oil Southern NHRA Nationals, the final event at uh, historic Atlanta dragway. Uh, that drag strip has seen a lot of action over the years and a lot of historic moments on tour. So it's going to be missed. I That's one of my, you know, all of the tracks have their own different characteristics and looks to them. I always love uh, Atlanta dragway was one of them. You know, I, I I love how it looks. It look, it's nice looking, especially when you look down track. It has that iconic, like, it's like you're driving into the forest at 300 miles an hour. <laughs> so this was back in April, the end of April, going into May, April 30th through May uh, 2nd, 2021. Uh, <laughs> um, so we didn't see the giant speeds and the, uh, you know, the, the 360s for dragsters and, and low 370s. Um, we didn't even see any 370s in top fuel that weekend. Uh, we didn't see any 380s. We didn't see any low 390s. Uh, and I would consider low 390s to be anything under 3.95 something. Um, 
the number one qualifier was J.R. Todd at 3.982. So th this is just, we, we talk about performance, and as much as we love those stout uh, send-it-to-the-moon runs, I love this race so much because it was side-by-side -side drag racing all day, and that's my bread and butter. That's what I love. NHRA, Nitro Engine, screaming down there side-by-side. That's that's why you pay for tickets. You want to see the cars go down the racetrack. But again, again, I have to say, uh, I have to, again, quote the great Jimmy Proc. This stuff ain't easy. So, you know, and we, we've talked about that a little bit. And we're, we're going to talk more about that as we're in the, uh, um, the winter break. I said that so much last week. And then I kept calling it off season. <laughs> I love it. I have to listen back to say, Okay, what did I say so I can correct it next week? I do it all the time. You know, it's the musician. It's the musician in me. But anyway, so for this one, I did not do, I didn't break down each run in qualifying. And honestly, in qualifying, there wasn't much to, you know, talk about. You know, uh, it was interesting because not many cars were making representative runs. I mean, just looking at the top fuel uh, leaderboard that will go down in just a second, uh, there were only six three-second runs in top fuel. And there was one, two in funny car. And the others are one, two, three, four, five, six. So the top eight, you had to run 406 or better, you know. And 406 is not a bad run in a funny car. Um, you know, again, you get different results depending on how you're running the car. Uh, the t uh, n number one in top field was Billy Torrance at 3.815 at 323.43 miles per hour for his best run. They only had two qualifiers at this one. Uh, and that, I mean, that was really tripping them up. Uh, you know, so, but let's just look at the top six in top fuel eliminators. Steve Torrance was number two, 3.817. Mike Salinas was number three, 3.841. Josh Hart was number four, 3.844. Brittany Force was number five, 3.856. Uh, Leah Pruitt uh, was the last of the three second runs, 3.957 at just 304 miles per hour. So there's heat in the racetrack, obviously. This is, we're in Atlanta, we're in the South. It's turning into summer which we know nowadays that next season kind of just intrudes on the previous ones just like okay i'm here come on let's let's do hot and that's what was happening here you know spring into summer uh so you're not gonna see those those runs because you just really realistically can't go down there and run a 360 in the heat i mean you can but man you you'd get i don't know <laughs> but it can be done but it's not practical. It's not practical at all, or probable, really, even either. The cars run better in the cool weather, cool, good air. Could it happen? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, stay tuned. It might happen. The best speed of top fuel was 323.66 miles per hour by Steve Torrance. Uh, in Funny Car, the top speed was 325. 69 3.325 
3.69 miles per hour by J.R. Todd uh, for his number one qualifier of 3.982. Uh, Bob Tasker was number two, 3.999 at 320 miles per hour. So he was um, that second, uh, three-second run. Uh, Bob Tasker would be our eventual race winner. Uh, but moving on, we got Matt Hagen in number three, 4.4001. We got Cruz Pedregon following in the number four spot, 4.005, We got Ron Caps under him, number five, 4.006. Um, we got Tim Wilkerson in the number six spot, 4.026. We got Blake Alexander followed in the number seven spot, 4.047. And then we got Dave Richards rounding it out, the four O's, 4.062. And his run was at 300 miles per hour, 300.26 miles per hour. Um Terry Haddock and uh, Jim Campbell are the 9 and 10 qualifiers. How about John Forrest qualified number 11? Robert Hyde is number 12. Paul Lee is number 13. And Alexis DeJoria is number 14. They only have 14 funny cars. And they only had 15 top fuel cars here this weekend. Um, of those of the bottom half, I would guess only 9 and 10 only made four runs. Uh, and then in top fuel, um, I would say just the top five made fuel run, uh, full runs with the header flames up to the line. Um, because Leah, that 3.957, I mean, I, I don't think that car was. I, I can't remember again. That was a long time ago, and I was doing the breakdown a little differently back then. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what happened on that run, but... That wasn't a representative pass for a top fuel car. Even in the heat, you can get down there in the 80s, uh, as we see. But moving on, we're going to go straight into it. Uh, so that was how they shaked out at qualifying. So top fuel eliminator elimination round one. The weather, air is 65 degrees. The relative humidity is 77%. The barometer is reading 30.02 inches. Adjusted altitude is 1,667 feet. The track temperature is 87 degrees. So the track is, I mean, those conditions are pretty good, pretty stout for some good runs. And that shows in the first pair we see Antron Brown and Doug Kalitta. Antron's in the left. Doug is in the right. Antron Brown gets it done 3.793 at 317.19 miles per hour. The quickest ET. I'm going to just say the uh, Doug Kalitta 3.800, 3.800 at 322.19 miles per hour. How about the first two top fuel cars to go down the racetrack are both quicker than the number one qualifying position in that class? How about that? How about that? So let's read it. Uh, Brown is 35 and 26 against Kalitta in prior events. Antron Brown won this race four times. Uh, so one at Atlanta Dragway. Kalitta has three wins at the event. Brown with the, the slight starting line advantage never trailed for the win. Antron Brown's margin of victory is six feet approximately. Again, anything... Within, within 10 feet of with these cars moving the way they're moving is ridiculous. Brown with his quickest pass of the event for the win. Kalitta with the second quickest pass of the event in a losing effort. 
Uh, so let's look at the incremental times. Antron Brown is first off the line. 065 to Doug Khalil's 069. Um, they were dead even at 60 feet. One, uh, 0.852 uh, at 60 feet. 330, 2.153 to a 2.160. At 660, 3.041 to 3.053. Uh, so just above three seconds there. Uh, how about Antron Brown was moving 286.01 miles per hour. Dougie was moving 288.95 miles per hour. So Doug's got bigger speed on the on the big end, but Antron's going to get there first. Uh, so moving on, we got Brittany Forrest and Doug Foley. Doug Foley's in the right lane. Brittany Forrest is in the left lane. Brittany Forrest gets it done. <laughs> but again, both cars are quicker than the number one qualifier, which was 3.81. Uh, Brittany gets the win, 3.768 at 330.63 miles per hour to Doug Foley in a, in a very stout run himself, 3.797 at 318.77 miles per hour. Doug Foley was 291 miles per hour at the eighth mile. In 3.052 seconds, Doug Foley was moving at 291 miles per hour. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Brittany's got the quickest uh, to the eighth mile, 3.036 there. Uh, she's also got the quickest 60 right now, 848 to Foley's 866 in the other lane. Uh, she was 086 off the line. She's going to get the win. Uh, she runs low ET and top speed of the event. Foley with a great pass, the third quickest pass of the event in a losing effort. The margin of victory was 28 feet down there at the end of the, end of the racetrack. Uh, by the way, uh, even in the ones last week as well, these are courtesy of NHRA. Uh, you can actually go on there and read some of the same words. I'm not going to read them word for word, but they uh, have these, the run descriptions. Uh, at this specific race, I was writing them down, and 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 uh, I think I was copying and pasting what they said on the NHRA side. But in the second round, however, uh, those are all my words. So we're looking forward to that. Okay, so in the third top fuel run, we got Arthur Allen, Arthur Allen in the left lane, and Josh Hart in the right lane. Uh, Josh Hart's going to get the win, three point eight. One one. Oh, why was that so hard to say? Three point eight one one at three hundred nineteen point three seven miles per hour. Uh, he was first off the line, but it was one hundred eight to Arthur Allen's one fifty two. Um, he actually tied Antron to the sixty. Well, Antron and Doug, since they all they got there at the same time. Eight fifty two sixty foot. Uh, Josh was closer to three seconds than Arthur was, 3.066, moving at 286 miles per hour. Uh, he makes his quickest pass of the weekend. He will give up lane choice to force in the next round. Allen started to haze the tires and drop cylinders before he really, uh, really smoked the good years and clicked it off. Next, we got Mike Salinas and Joe Morrison. Mike Salinas is going to get the win. 324.67 miles per hour was the speed on the big end. And he runs at 3.785. That's really stout. So, he was not first off the line. This was around the time where 
uh, Salinas, before he got his act together on the starting line, I mean, he would, he would get a lot of grief for his starting line. I mean, because he's got a great car, and he's had a great car all year. Uh, it wasn't just a, a late-season surge. Mike Salinas has had a great car all year out with Allen Johnson turning the wrenches. Like, you know, so, but he got his act together on the starting line because he was losing a lot of close races that shouldn't have been as close as they were, you know, uh, because the other driver um, got off the line first. He had to pretty much chase him down the whole time. And, you know, he might lose on a haul shot, which happened a lot. Uh, but later in the season, he got his act together, but this was before that. Uh, so he was 156 off the line, 830 to the 60-foot block, uh, 2.136 at 330, 660 at Brittany still uh, quicker, 3.040 at 283.67 miles per hour. In the next pass, we have Billy Torrance in the right lane. He's on a competition single. There were only um 15 here today so he gets the only single of the day he's going to get down there 3.784 326 miles per hour 84960 uh he was mm, uh, 3.043 so mm, he's going to be not as quick as Antron Brown, he's not as quick as Brittany, of course. She's still the number one. Selena's not as quick as him either. Um, he launched hard and kept it hooked up to make the second quickest pass of the event. He will have lane choice over Brown in the next round. Uh, next pair, we got Steve Torrance and Buddy Hull. Steve Torrance is going to get it done 3.769 at 327.03 miles per hour. These 70s were really stout <laughs> uh, because we, we the, the best was, again, 3.81. Three, uh, 3 so when we started seeing 70s, we're like, okay, all right, they're getting it. They're getting it. Uh, they were rolling down there. Um, so let's look at Steve. Torrance runs the quickest pass of the event, second quickest pass of the event, uh, by one thousandth of a second behind Brittany Forrest. Hull, after having problems yesterday in qualifying, he makes a good clean pass. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, bring up Buddy Hull's run. 4005, 4.005 at 290.88 miles per hour. He was second off the line to Steve Torrance's 089. 846.60 for uh, Steve Torrance. Next, we got Sean Langdon and Leah Pruitt. Sean Langdon is going to get it done. 4.048 at 294.43 miles per hour to Leah's losing. 4.071 at 239 miles per hour. So obviously those cars were singing through the line uh, with the flames shooting over that wing. Uh, Sean Langdon gets off the line first. 025. Wow. Uh, 856 to the 60. So and to Leah's uh, 865. So on the pace, on the pace. Um, they were both 330 at uh, under 220. 2.0. 179 to a 2.198 um so the problems definitely happened in between 330 to 660 i'm seeing because we have some numbers that aren't on the pace at 660 uh 3.216 uh to leah who was still making oh no she wasn't three uh she was quicker than sean though 3.154 at 262 so she was moving quicker uh but let's see what happened there was a womp womp on the starting line. 
Okay. Sean Lang that has a great light and never trail for the win. The car is dropping cylinders on the big end, but it holds on for the win. Langley will give up lane choice to Salinas in the next round. Pruitt is dropping cylinders right at the hit and can't get it to clean up. And clean up means sometimes they um they relight as they're going down the racetrack. In the next well, yeah, it's, it was supposed to be a pair. Uh, in the final pair of the round, we have Justin Ashley and Clay Milliken. Clay is in the right lane. Uh, Justin is in the left. Sean Lane was in the left lane. Leah was in the right. Um, wanted to say that. Uh, Justin Ashley in the left. Clay Milliken in the right. Clay doesn't make a run from what I'm seeing here. He doesn't have any incremental times. Justin Ashley gets it done, though. How about the quickest run of the event? 3.74 at 323.12 miles per hour he was the closest to three seconds at the eighth mile 3.010 very nice uh 84260 uh and by my accounts oh actually no mike salinas was still quicker 830 um all right so Milliken has problems on the burnout can't get the tires to turn to turn over uh he pulls over to the wall because he doesn't want to hold up Ashley in his run so he hops out of the car the start the car was actually still on the racetrack when Ashley made his run Ashley launched hard and kept it hooked up to make the quickest pass of the event for the win on the single he will have lane choice over Steve Torrance in the next round uh, so that's the first round of top fuel dragster next we have nitro funny car round one we got Terry Haddock and Tim Wilkerson Tim's in the right lane Terry is in the left lane uh, Tim Wilkerson is going to get it done. 3.963 at 320.58 miles per hour. 857.60 foot for Tim Wilkerson. Wow. Uh, again, that was quicker than anything we saw from the funny cars in qualifying, but the funny cars take advantage of the conditions as well. Uh, he was right at 320 at, at the eighth mile uh, and running 2.267 at the 30, 3.30. Um. Uh, okay, so Haddock with the starting line advantage, but Tim had made the difference up by the time they went by the Christmas tree. Haddock was up in smoke by half track. Wilkerson was straight down the groove with the quickest pass of the event for the win. We got Jim Campbell and Ron Caps. These two cars don't make full pulls, uh, but Ron Caps gets it done. Four point uh, three one. Six at 214.86 miles per hour. It's, it's amazing that I say only this or only that when they're still running over 200 miles an hour. Really crazy. Uh, Jim Campbell looks like he got in trouble pretty early, definitely earlier than uh, uh, Ron Caps with the 6.027 uh, at 113 miles per hour. So the, the longer it takes them to get down the racetrack, the earlier in the run they had those issues, you know, because like I, like we always talk about on the episodes, the momentum will still carry forward. Uh, so the re, uh, the ET, the elapsed time will still show the momentum, uh, even if the speed drops off in a hurry. Just we know because of that, that downforce. So let's see what happens. Cast with the starting line advantage and then went to the top end to smoke the tires and drop cylinders just past half track. He holds on for the win. Campbell started to drop cylinders right at the hit and clicked it off. See, that definitely confirms what I was saying. Uh, if you hit, if you drop a cylinder at the head of the throttle, uh, unless it relights, you know, again, 
The other guy has eight cylinders and you have seven or six or however many are going out because there are times when multiple cylinders are not firing. Uh, so in the next pair, we got Matt Hagen and Robert Height. Robert Height is in the right lane. Matt Hagen is in the left lane. How about Matt Hagen gets the win? 3.991 at 307.65 miles per hour. How about this? This is a final round. Matt Hagen and Robert Height in the first round. But as we said earlier, John Force and Robert Height didn't qualify well. So they had they have a tough opponent in the first round. Uh, but anybody's tough out here, but you, you, you know who's we're just going to move on at that. <laughs> Height with the starting line advantage, but starts to haze the tires and clicks it off. Hagen wins with the quickest pass of the weekend for the win. He will give up lane choice to, uh, wait, that it? No, it's his quickest pass of the weekend. I'm like, wait, that's not the quickest pass. Uh, but <laughs> he will give up lane choice to Tim Wilkerson in the next round because that was the quickest run in the first round. All right, next we got Alexis DeJoria and uh, uh, J.R. Todd. J.R. is in the left Alexis is in the right, the T, the Toyotas. This was actually a pair not too long ago in, in the current times. Um, 872 to uh, Robert Heights, 879 at 60. Want to make sure we said that one. All right, JR Todd, 4003 at 321.73 miles per hour. So you're not going to see those those giant runs, but the 400, if you're in the 410s, if you're within 410, that's still a pretty respectable funny car run. Um, Workmanlike. That would be equivalent to a 380 in a top fuel car. The uh, the four O's. Uh, so any just because you're hearing me say four and not three this week, they were still getting it down there. Um, so she pulls up to stage and the light starts to blink. Uh, the, yeah, this Alexis DeJoria's body was a little too low and it was breaking the beam and wasn't allowing her to stage. Uh, it happened to one of the other cars. I can't remember, um, but it was happening to a, happening happening to a few of the cars where the, the body was too low and it was tripping the beam. It wasn't let, allowing uh, the driver to stage. Todd is straight down the groove with the head of flames up for the win. He will have the bye in the next round. He'll have a bye in the next round. Uh, DeJoya leaves when the when she hears Todd take off, but the race is over by then. Uh, because, like I said, she can't stage. She didn't get a reaction time. Uh, Bob Tasker and Paul Lee are the next pair. Left lane Bob, right lane Paul. Uh, Bob Tasker is going to get the win. 4.224 at 309.13 miles per hour. To Paul Lee's 4.472 at 193 miles per hour. Uh, let's see. Tasker grabs the lead and then starts to haze the tires and pedals it. Lee with the lead and starts to smoke the tires. And uh, Tasker was able to chase him down for the win. John Forrest and Cruz Pedregon. Again, another final round. Uh, John is in the left lane. Cruz is in the right. How about these two have nobody has lined up more than these two guys on the starting line? This is the 110th meeting between Forrest and Pedregon. And that's the most of any two drivers in any class. Forrest has the winning record, 73 to Cruz's 36 wins. Um, yeah, wow. So we got John Forrest getting it down through there, 4.049 at 319.14 miles per hour. Um, oh, have to mention this, Paul Lee, 
867 60 foot. That's good. That's really good. Uh, 911 for John Forrest uh, at 60. He was uh, mirrored numbers. We got, he was 056 off the line and Cruz was 065 off the line. So Forrest with the starting line advantage never trailed for the win. Forrest with his quickest pass of the weekend for the win will have lane choice over Caps in the next round. Um, so, you know, we all know John likes to, you know, tap that thing in there. Cruz is also one who is not shy about doing that. I mean, these guys are two KG veterans. They're legends. They're champions. They're vets in the sport. Like, they know the starting line games, and they play them. They play them. Uh, to the chagrin of some of the other drivers, but <laughs> everybody knows that when these, when some of these guys or girls – come up there to the line. Everybody, every driver has a routine. Every team has a routine. They they have a routine so specific, it's down to how many minutes we want the car to run we or, or how long we want the car to run because they don't run minutes. They run a minute and some change. Um, but no car out here is running over two minutes. I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, but unless it's a warm-up, and I don't even think they run it that long. Uh, but they might. They might. Um but when you when you're chunking in, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> when you're chunking in a little bit on the starting line, it really shows up at the 60 foot block. And if you see something that's like really kind of off the pace at the 60, it's probably a good indication that driver uh, chunked it in a little bit, used that seven inch real estate that they have to use. And down at the other end of the racetrack, it'll also show on the scoreboard that 4.049 in John Forces Lane could have easily easily been uh, a three-second run uh, but I said last week it's not cheating because every driver has that right to do to do that uh, but when you cheat you kind of cheat the ET you cheat the elapsed time the elapsed time is a little slower it's off the pace because you know you got to pay for it somewhere right okay so in the final funny car eliminator uh, uh, race in the first round, we got Blake Alexander in the left lane and Dave Richards in the right lane. So Blake's going down in those uh, tracks that John just left. 064 off the line. Blake is going to get the win. 4070 at 278.40 miles per hour. So he definitely hates the tires or something on the top end of the racetrack because the flames uh, were were not up going through the line with it just crossing at just. 278. Dave Richards, 411 with a 5 on the end, 301.74 miles per hour. Mustangs a pair. Alexander launches hard with the starting line advantage as the flames go out on the right side of the racetrack for Richards. Alexander drives around him with his, and uh, his flames go out as he starts to hate the tires on the stop in, uh, on the stop in on the top end, but holds on for the win. He will have lane choice over Tasca in the next round. Okay, top fuel eliminator round two. We're cruising on it. Let's see if I have weather conditions. I don't think I have weather conditions for that one, but it's okay. Um, we know that the, the track tends to get a little hotter as the day goes on, as the sun is beating down on it. Uh, so that's definitely can be implied, but the, the air was good in the first round. We saw it with some of the, with the quickest runs we saw all weekend. All right. 
So look at Top Fuel round two. We got Mike Salinas and Sean Langdon. Sean Langdon is going to get the win. 3.917 at 258.52 miles per hour. Let me tell you what Mike Salinas ran. 3.789 at 322.73 miles per hour. You go, how did he win? Or how didn't he win? Well, he red lit. He left early. Uh, 069 um, red. So he didn't miss it by much. Uh, to uh, Sean Langdon on the other end of the, on the other side of the racetrack, uh, 075, 839. They were basically dead even at 60 feet. Uh, Mike Salinas 840 to Sean Langdon's 839. So Sean was quicker by just one thou. Um, and look here, look at 330, 2.150 in the other in in the left lane for Salinas. Look at Sean Langdon. 2.158 with an 8 on the end. So just 8 thou apart there. Um, Sean Langdon was not as close to 3 seconds as Mike Salinas was. With Mike going 3.042 at 285. Uh, 47. Uh, but again, he red lit and that's what it is. Here we go. Salinas makes a spectacular hit down the track with clean flames through the lights. But gives the win to Langdon due to leaving 069 red. Langdon puts a cylinder out at 330 feet and the motor is silent by half track. Langdon has not made a clean pass at this point in the weekend. Also, Salinas makes the second quickest pass of the weekend, of his weekend, and he gives it away. Uh, so now we're on my description. So <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, by listening to me talk about these cars for um, now, this is our seventh week here. Um, you know how I talk about them. So these are mine. <laughs> I also put some cool little uh, margin of victory. Um, I have to make this available to you guys so you can look at it because uh, I got some pictures on it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see what we can do about that. Make this accessible for you guys. But anyway, so. Let's go on to the next race. We got Antron Brown and Billy Torrance. Man, look, a side-by-side -side drag race. They start. They're starting. <laughs> they start in round two, and they continue. Uh, so, well, there was a couple in, front in the first round, but, I mean, pair after pair after pair, side-by-side. -side. So, Antron Brown gets the win, eight, 3.811 at 321 miles per hour. To Billy Torrance in the other lane, 3.8. 2.0 at 322 miles per hour. Billy was moving faster at the eighth mile than Antron was at 286 to Brown's 283. Um, they were pretty good, decently above three seconds, 3.061 to a 3.075 in at the eighth mile, 850 to the 60-foot block for Antron and 866 in the other lane for Billy. Uh, but, Antron was first off the line, 057. He's a lever. He's one of the levers. This was a very nice drag race. The cars launched together with Brown never trailing during the drag race. The margin of victory is a car length at the other end of the racetrack. The flames are high and clean in both lanes with the chassis bouncing and flexing through the line. Uh, again, these cars don't have suspension. Uh, the weight distribution, how it works. I mean, that, we're going to get into that on another episode. But um, it's it's so impressive how everything is 
so eloquently planned out to make these cars run 300 and under three seconds. Well, not under three seconds, but under four seconds. Uh, in the next pair, we got Brittany Force and Josh Hart. Uh, Brittany Force is going to get the win 3.755 at 328.54 miles per hour in the left lane in Antron's tracks. And then we got Josh Hart in the other lane, 3.820 at 321 miles per hour. That's not a bad run. That's not a bad run at all. Uh, Brittany was almost, she was closer to three seconds there, 3.024 at 289.88 miles per hour. Okay, let me tell you something here. David Grubnick runs that car hard, okay? He, they, that car is going to have big speed. I mean, it fits in with the, with the culture at, in, uh, at John Forrest Racing. Those funny cars and top fuel cars, they have big top-end speeds. Like, they, and that's, you know, JR said it uh, a few years ago. That's just showing off. It is, but, you know, your reaction time is what gets you, you know, on the sheet and gets you those good matchups and uh, makes your day easier, basically. Uh, but it, it, it all goes hand-in-hand. Hand, but, you know, those big speeds, I love seeing those big speeds. It, it is flexing the muscle down there. Um, but it's a, it's just everybody runs their car differently. Now, there are certain things that the cars just do anyway. Like, if it's cool out and you got the car moving, you got all eight hitting, and you got the fuel mixture right. I mean, not mixture right, but you got the fuel flow and, and the clutch timers coming in at the right time. The car's going to go three something at 330 something it, that's just what it does if you run it a certain way uh so and that's what i was saying last week a lot of the guys were having trouble getting down the racetrack because they were trying to slow the car down when they allowed it to do what it wanted to do they had a successful pass so just a little bit of that this was a tight race to three until 330 feet when force pulls away as Hart loses a cylinder on the right side but stays in the gas through the lights both cars keep their dragsters in the groove Force charges behind in the or charges forward hard in the middle. I mean that car like made a move uh, of uh, at in the middle of the racetrack going over 289 miles per hour. She drops a cylinder going through the lights but grabs low ET of the round so far with another big speed at the top end at 328 miles per hour. Hart was not far behind. Uh, certainly he was not. That's a that's not a bad run over there. Three eight three point eight. That's not bad. In the next pair, we got Justin, Ashley, and Steve Torrance. Justin is in the left lane, and Steve Torrance is in the right. Steve is going to get the win 3.772 at 324.67 miles per hour. 3.033 to the eighth mile, 2.148 at 330, 850 at the 60-foot blocks. Uh, That tied Antron Brown. Justin Ashley was the first off the line, 039 to Steve Torrance's 053. Uh, and, oh, I do have to say, in the interest of fair reporting, Josh Hart got off the starting line first, 053 to Brittany's 073 uh, for that one. Justin and Steve, here we go. This was a great side-by-side drag race. You're going to hear that a lot. <laughs> Ashley led Torrance through 330 feet, getting off the starting line first. Torrance drives around at about 900 feet for the win. Headers hot and clean in both lanes. 288 to the eighth mile. Second fastest of the round for the win for Steve Torrance. Very stout. Next, we have Nitro Funny Car round two. 
Now, these these were some really nice runs. <laughs> uh, header flame shooting over the roof. Header flame shoot over the wing for top fuel. Just so I kind of said it as both last week, but I knew what I meant. Y'all know what I meant. <laughs> Maybe you didn't. That's why I told you. No, but it's fine. So, starting round two. How about Tim Wilkerson? I got to tell you, look, looking at the races this year, before we get into it, and I just looked at the run uh, that I'm about to talk about, and th this is exactly one of the races I'm getting ready to talk about. Tim had some tough draws uh, this 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 year. Man, he's got a great card, 3.985, and he loses. He's going to put the car on the trailer. To, you know, Matt Hagen runs 3.947 and 3.24, but I mean... The, the fact that if Tim Wilkerson was racing either John Forrest or Ron Caps or Blake Alexander or Bob Tasca, for that matter, uh, and even J.R. Todd, and even J.R. Todd, Tim Wilkerson would have beat all of them. He would have beat all of them. But again, you get those bad draws, you know, you don't get... They're not as favorable for you. But, again, the car is is a great car, that LRS car. It's always been a great car. It's always a contender. People are like, where did this come from? No, Tim has always historically had a great car, you know? So, even before he was driving with Ford, just saying. I've been watching this for a long time, folks. All right. Back into funny car round two. I go off on my tangents. It's fine. It's okay. It's great. We're, we're back now. We're back. <laughs> All right. Matt Hagen and Tim Wilkerson. Tim is in the right. Matt Hagen is in the left. How about Matt Hagen? 3.947 at 324.75 miles per hour. He was moving 278 at the eighth mile. Tim Wilkerson in the other lane, 3.985 at 319.22 miles per hour. 2.7 or 276.69 miles per hour at the eighth mile for Tim Wilkerson. Again, making a stout run. I got a lot of writing here. I want to go through it. And we'll uh if we if we hear something that we like, we'll stop and talk about it. But I do remember writing all of this, so we're gonna go over it. Let's do the incremental numbers first. Matt Hagen, 055 off the line, uh, 0.887 at 60 feet, and 2.261. Uh, and hey, how about this? At 660, he was sub 320, 3.197 at 278 miles an hour. That's really awesome. All right. The cars leave hard. Hagen puts a hole out from spinning the tires on the top end in front of Wilkerson by 800 feet. So he was in front by 800 feet down the racetrack. Wilkerson kept him honest with a solid run on the in the right lane with both funny cars rumbling down the racetrack with the flames up through the lights. Okay, so this is an interesting part because I did say Matt Hagen dropped a cylinder at the top end of the racetrack. This was from Dickey uh, Venables when um, Joe Costello got him at the starting line. We're trying to fix the tire spin down track. Where you see it coming up on those cones, 660, they, uh, that have tracked. Still looks like it put a cylinder out on the right side, but we'll work on it. Just 
we'll work on it, you know, just to make another time to do the best we can. Um, so that was from Dickie Venables at the racetrack. He was watching the run on the uh, Sunoco Vision, and Joe was wanting them to explain it. These cars have a mechanical fuel injection, okay? So, and that basically means that depending on how fast the tires are spinning, uh, it's pumping more fuel into the engine, and which drowns out a spark plug. Uh, so this is what Mr. Reinhardt said. He actually talked about, uh, the, the tire spinning the racetrack, uh, spinning down the racetrack the whole time. And I really liked it. And I wrote it, uh, these cars, you to use a mechanolite, <laughs> these cars use, utilize a mechanical fuel injection. So they spin the tires. It spins the fuel pump faster, which pumps through the pump faster, potentially drowning out spark plugs, which can put a cylinder out. That's exactly what he's talking about down there. The white mist coming out of the pipes is fuel. Um, and so then that's when he said the cars are spinning the, uh, the tires down the racetrack the whole way down. It's not spinning the tires like smoking them. It's just spinning them just enough. Believe it or not, a nitro car spins the tires all the way down the racetrack. And it's that control wheel spin that makes them run so fast. These cars are constantly spinning the tires down the racetrack if you look at a graph it has rear wheel speed versus front wheel speed uh the rear wheels are spinning all the way down the racetrack they never go one-to-one -one with the racetrack when the driver takes his foot off the gas at the end the two lines come back together one-to-one -to -one. you have to spin the tire a little you have to if you spin too much you smoke them and that's the tightrope the nitro crew chiefs have to deal with uh, and that, that was, those were his words. Some of them, I kind of changed some wording. Um, but yeah, that, that's what he said. And that was the first time I had heard that. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, we're going to move on. We continue with the side-by-side -side drag racing. John Force in the left lane, Ron Caps in the right lane. Ron Caps 4.042 at 313.44 miles per hour to John Force's winning 4.028 at 315.19 miles per hour. He was off the line first, but you, I mean, you could have, it could have been a coin toss. John Forrest, 061 to Ron Caps, 062. Um, very stout, very nice. 270 miles per hour for John Forrest at the eighth mile. Uh, the cars look good with the nice header flames up. Uh, wait, let me say that again. The cars launch good with nice header flames. The cars are even until uh, Caps puts a cylinder out on the right about 700 feet as Force drives around him. Both funny cars lose cylinders, Force on the right side and push to the left as his of his the left of his lane. Caps on the left side and push the car to the right side of his lane, each close to their respective walls going through the lights side by side. So again, like we said last week, when you got three cylinders versus four, uh, you're going to push to whatever side has uh, less thrust coming out of it. Uh, and that's why both of the cars actually went got to the center line because uh, they lost cylinders on the wall side and the other side that was inside the racetrack, the headers were shooting stills and strong. Uh, so that pushed them over. That's just how powerful that thrust is coming out of these uh, these motors, especially, or not the motors, but the, the headers. 
Uh, it's more apparent on funny card because I mean, like like I said, those funny card headers are just two inches off the ground, so they're really instrumental in forcing that card down the racetrack. Uh, next, we got uh, Blake Alexander and Bob Tasker the third. Bob is in the right, Blake is in the left. Bob is going to get the win. Double four O's on the Christmas or on the. Um, it's Christmas time. I just put up Christmas lights, so I'm thinking Christmas. <laughs> um, we got double 4-0 on the scoreboards. 4.014 at 200, 326.32 miles per hour. And in the other line, we got Blake Alexander, 4.016 at 308.99 miles per hour. He was not far off. He was not running through the finish line. His flames weren't up through the finish line. It could have been a lot closer down there on the top end. Uh, as I'm looking at this finish line cam here, uh, 276 miles per hour at the eighth mile for Bob Tasca, 885.60, and he was off the line first, 073 um, for that one. Uh, and then the last one we have Jr. Todd. He gets that single, uh, 3.991 at 324 miles per hour. Uh, for let me just check. No, he was not quicker. Uh, Tim Wilkerson was the second quickest of the round and he doesn't advance <laughs> wow uh so 090 off the line for um jr and 276 at the eighth mile for jr very nice ending to a fantastic second round of nitro todd had straight down the groove with clean header flames up through the lines through the lines through the lights to run third quickest of the round to get lane choice against force um, so these are a couple notes that I took from for a uh, second round. In top fuel, a 379 loses, a 382 loss twice. Langdon's 391.7 was the slowest ET of the round and advances. <laughs> In Nitro Funny Card, we got Tim Wilkerson runs the second quickest run of the round, 3.985, and does not advance. Excellent round of competitive side-by-side -side drag racing. Uh, and it's just it's just crazy because Tim would have beat anybody else. Anybody else. Uh, let me just make sure that. I, yeah, he I mean, he makes a good he makes a stout pass and the other guys making a monster pass. That was constant earlier in the year. So we got top fuel eliminations semifinals. We got Steve Torrance in the right lane. We got Sean Langdon in the left lane. We got again. Sub representative runs here in the dragsters 4.009 at 244 miles per hour for the win for Steve Torrance and Capco. And then in the other lane for DHL, we got Sean Langdon 3.0 or 4.342 at 193 miles per hour. You know, this is a really good exercise for me to not just get in a groove when I'm reading these numbers uh, because you know I'm, I'm saying three and I'm saying two, and you know, but. They weren't running threes. They didn't run at three in this round. But I'm so used to saying three point something, something, something. Uh, but this is a good little exercise for me. So uh, I like it. Anyway, Steve Torrance, 276.35 at the eighth mile. Sean Langdon, 222 miles per hour in the other lane. So he was, had encountered some problems. Uh, the cars launched together with Langdon getting the edge. At 330 feet, the DHL dragster encounters tire smoke, causing the car to get up on the tire. Langdon attempts to pedal but cannot get the car to recover. Torrance loses a cylinder on the right side at about the same time Langdon gets in trouble. Torrance's car travels about another 
150 feet before the dragster is silent through the finish line. So definitely that car wasn't singing at 244 going through the line. So the other semifinal, another great semifinal. Uh, I think this one was on the uh, in the video package that I made for uh, Instagram on my page. Uh, Brittany Force and Antron Brown. Antron's in the right. Brittany is in the left. 3.786 to a 3.785. I'm going to say it again. 3.78 in both lanes. Both lanes. Brittany Force gets the quickest of that by one thou. But she will not win the race. This was a side. This was a back and forth kind of run here. Um, it's kind of hard to see with the cars only getting down there in, th in three seconds. But you can definitely see it if you look really closely. Brittany was off the line second, 073 to Antron's 045. Um, Antron again was off the line first. Brittany was quicker to 6850. Uh, to Antron's 852. Uh, I'm not sure if she was winning at that point, but she was quicker. Uh, at 333, uh, 2.151 uh, in Brittany's lane, 2.158 in Antron. So they were about 7,000 there. Uh, and at 8th mile, we got, look at this, guys. Basically, at the same time, they got to the 8th mile. 3.045 for Brittany to a 3.042. For Antron, three thou right there. Uh, Antron was moving two eighty eight. Brittany was moving two eighty seven. Um, so wow, to finish out at both going three hundred twenty miles an hour. Brown was off the line before Forrest, and the two traded back and forth while rumbling down the racetrack. Brown makes a move around, makes the move around Forrest a bit after the pair pass half track. The flames are tall and clean on both cars going through the finish line. Forces Dragster makes some small lateral movements down the racetrack. Again, they're spinning the race. Uh, the cars are still spinning the tire. So they might move around down there um, because, the, you know, they're not one-to-one. -one. So that definitely happens. Sometimes the driver's not helping out with the, with the you know, with the physics of it. Sometimes they don't always help. <laughs> but uh, the cars are always spinning the, car, uh, the tires down the racetrack. Next, we got J.R. Todd and John Forrest. Oh, that must mean we switched pair or we smitched categories. Smitched categories. Wow. <laughs> we have switched categories to Nitro, Funny Car, semifinal. We got J.R. Todd in the left lane. We got John Forrest in the right lane. John Forrest is going to get the win 3.984 at 325.22 miles per hour. John makes the final after qualifying in the bottom half of the field he makes the final uh jr Todd was off the line first 072 to john's 076 660 well we can jump to 660 uh 2.2 or 3.233 at 278.23 miles per hour to jr's two uh 3.271 at 269.83 miles per hour uh, 890 for J.R. Todd. He was quicker to 60. The cars leave together and are even by 330 feet. 
Forrest starts to pull away from Tide at about 700 feet, making a slight move to the right out of the groove. The flames are high and steady on both cars. This was a great looking race. Forrest wins by a car length, getting near the wall, going through the lights, and advances to his guys. 257th career final. Wow. So this is early in the season, and he would definitely make a few more finals after this. So we might talk about those races too. But 200 at this point in his career, at this point in in um, April, yeah, that's when April slash May, 257 career finals. Wow. All right. So in the next semifinal, we got Matt Hagen and Bob Tasca, the third. Bob is in the right. Matt is in the left. Um, here we go. Bob Tasker, 3.981 at 327.82 miles per hour. Big speed on the big end. John Forrest, 325. That's a big big speed for funny cars. Um, well, just in general, that's a big speed. <laughs> uh, to JR, uh, I'm sorry, to Matt Hagen in the other lane, 3.974 at 326.40 miles per hour. So, Bob Tasker gets off the line first, 057 to Matt Hagen's 084. 877 to 60 for Matt Hagen to Bob's 903. At 330, 2.264 to a 2.301 for Bob Tasker. So Matt Hagen was quite a bit quicker there. Um, at 660, we got 3.222 in Matt Hagen's lane, and then 3.235. In the other lane. So Matt was quicker on most of the increments of the racetrack. Uh, definitely quicker at the big end. 3.79 to a 3.78. Whole shot win. The two were side by side until Tasca's Mustang drove around the Hellcat of Hagen down racetrack. Down racetrack? Down track. Both cars with flames up through the lights. The engine on Tasca's car was not too happy with some bright orange flashes coming out of the left headers at about 700 feet. Tasca stays in front of Hagen the entire trip down Atlanta Dragway. The lead grows as the two approach the finish line at over 320 miles per hour. So, um, could have been a head gas, it could have been anything, but the, the header flames are bright, but not during the day. So if you see those like bright flashes, something's going on. They, they kind of look translucent during the day. Uh, they only are really bright at night, at dusk at night. Uh, anytime you see some bright header flames coming out during the day, the engine isn't happy. Um, so here we go. We got the funny car final because we, we start with funny car in the final. Uh, John Forrest and Bob Tasker. How about John Forrest was one of the instrumental voices in getting Bob Tasker in a funny car? Helped him a lot in the early years. Hey, Tasker's name was on not necessarily Bob Tasker the third, but his grandfather's name was on John Force's championship winning uh, Mustangs for a long time when he was working with Ford. So this is kind of a a cool kind of you know I want to beat you now, but you're really instrumental in why I'm here and and why I'm able to even approach thinking about beating someone like you uh me being bob speaking to john but john was instrumental in getting them in so bob tasker is going to get the win four double o with a four on the end 326.48 miles per hour to john forces 4.015 at 
one miles per hour. How about both over 375 at the eighth mile? 375 for John Forrest to 377, or two, not 377, 275 to a 277. That's amazing. How is he faster? No, it's not 377. 277. 275. Both of them in both lanes. Both over 270. That's great. At the eighth mile, uh, 3.254 to a John's 3.261. So about 5,000 there. Um, then we got a 330, 3.317 for John Forrest to 3.310 for Bob Tasker. So seven thousandths of a second right there. Uh, John definitely chunked it in there. Nine. Uh, 13 uh, at 60. So again, that run that he was making, again, this is probably not, this isn't why he lost. He just got outran. Uh, but that run was probably closer to 400 than uh, 401. Uh, but again, you pay for it at the end of the racetrack. And it's also pretty apparent at 60 when we look at it. Uh, Bob Tasker, 899, uh, 60. And he was 063 off the line. I don't know if I said that already. Qualifying position. Bob Tasker, number two, to John Force's number 11. Number 11 qualifier gets into the final. That's why they run him on race day. All right. Three thousandths of a second margin of victory. Force left the line with a small advantage. However, by 330 feet, Tasker had already pulled next to him. The two were glued down the racetrack with the head of flame shooting over the roof. Those bright orange and pink, very clean flames with all eight pipes lit on both cars going through the lines. Through the lines. <laughs> both funny cars make a hard move forward at half track, glued to Atlanta Dragway, both hitting the line side by side. Force starts to wiggle down uh, a little bit down track and the flames on the Camaro go out just before the finish line. Uh, so actually that previous statement wasn't necessarily true. I mean, we can only see this because, well, if you have a sharp eye, you can see the the, the header flames go down just a split second before they cross the finish line. Uh, Tasker was flames up through the line, so he was really only the one with the flame shooting over the roof. Forrest looks like his uh, flames went out. I mean, I would even say like maybe 20 feet before the line, if that, maybe 15 feet. You got to be really looking at that to see that. All right, so Bob Tasca is going to get the win here. He's actually our pre he's the last winner in the funny car class. Uh so that's interesting. And then we got Steve Torrance and Antron Brown, the buddies, the best friends again. Um so oh, I got to do my sponsor call out. Bob Tasca is going to get it done for Motorcraft, Quick Lane, and Ford in the Nitro Funny Car class. John Force is going to take the runner up for Blue Def, Chevrolet, Cornwell Tools, Peak, Antifreeze and Coolant, and Auto Club of Southern California. So, back to the top fuel final. We got Antron Brown with Sirius XM, Hangstiffer, Global Electronics, Matco Tools on the side of that dragster. And then we got Steve Torrance in the other lane, Capco, and Redline Oil. Uh, we also have Toyota 
on Antron's car. Uh, so Antron's going to get the win. 3.752 at 325.22 miles per hour to his buddy, Steve Torrance. Not, not making it easy on him. 3.794 at 323.81 miles per hour. Antron Brown. It's the close. He's pretty close. Well, he's the closest in this pair to, to three seconds flat. 3.012 to uh, Steve Torrance is 3.055 at 288 for Steve Torrance and 290 miles per hour for Antron. He's going to get it done. He's going to get the win here at the uh, final drag race in Hotlanta. Well, Commerce. <laughs> uh, Antron was qualified number eight. Steve was qualified number two. Um, Antron was first off the line. 054 to a 057 side by side down there. Uh 850 or 842 at 60 for Antron and 872. So three tenths off there. Three tenths off. Coin flip. I say a coin flip. <laughs> the Mac car the Mac car 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 car. Okay, let's figure out what I'm gonna say. Here we go. The Matco car. <laughs> makes a visible move at half track to charge ahead of Torrance with big, tall, clean, pink-orange head of flames on both cars as Brown was quicker on every part of the racetrack incrementally and drove away from Torrance at the end of the racetrack. Both cars made a solid, make solid runs rumbling down the Atlanta dragway strip for the final time. Yep. The... A great race to end an event with competitive nitro top fuel and funny car drag racing over 320 miles per hour. Really, really cool. Uh, this this was one of my favorites um, of the season. We don't need to go over the points because they're not really relevant. I mean, the season's over. <laughs> but uh, that was a great race to watch as a fan and, and to really... You know, I mean, side by side all day long. It was great. You know, we didn't see the three, the stouts, you know, you know, Friday night runs that you that we were seeing on Sunday at the end of the season. But I mean, it was side by side drag racing all day long. Uh, so I got a few more of the early season races here. Uh, we definitely will go back and do some of those. We won't do it every week, uh, maybe every other week or so. Uh, but I, I like it going back and looking at how did we get to where we just were, you know? I always like that. So we're at the end of the podcast here today. Um, again, I want to thank you for listening. I don't take your listens, your downloads, your, your, your streams, however you do it. I don't take it for granted. I really do not. Um, so. I love top fuel drag race and I love funny car drag race. I love nitro methane. Okay. It's great. It's got a nice sweet smell. It's nice. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Tune in next week. We're going to have, you know, they're going to be surprises every week. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. Um, going to have to wait. So with that, my name is TJ. I'm the Nitro Performance Guide, and I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. You have a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, but I forgot. So, um, 
the music you're going to hear at the end of this episode is from my fourth symphony. Like, can't believe I'm saying that. It's amazing. Uh, but it's going to be some sketches. I've, I've featured a little bit of it earlier on in, in our podcast journey, but I want to put a little bit more out there. It's more complete now. Uh, so stay tuned for that because uh, I'm definitely going to use this as a pr- uh, promotional tool <laughs> for me. You know, hey, shameful plugs or shameless plugs. Uh, but anyway, so at the end of this, you're going to hear a little bit of that. Uh, so now I will want you to have a great rest of your night or week or whatever. <laughs> we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.